audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 1. A verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. In this particular lesson, Jesus is going to do a discourse, a teaching on himself, who is the Son of God, and the resurrection. Discourse on the Son and resurrection, in short. And it's based on John chapter 5, verses 17 to 30. Now remember that this Gospel of John is devoted to proving that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and at the end of chapter 5, we will learn about the five witnesses who testify to the sonship of Jesus. So it's a lot to look forward to, and we'll get right into it. I want to read to you just a few verses to begin with, give an overview, and then we will go into the verse-by-verse commentary. Because after all, this is God's Word. It is life-giving. It causes faith to rise. It is food for the soul. It is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. So let me begin with verse 22 of John 5. And it reads, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Friends, all of what you've just heard is God's word, and all of what you've just heard are words of life. It talks about that the Father will judge no one, not that there'll be no judgment, but that he will delegate it to the Son. And the purpose is that the Son should be honored just as the Father is honored. After all, the Son is most honorable indeed. And if you don't honor the Son, neither are you honoring the Father. So basically, what Jesus is saying is if you don't honor Him, you're not honoring God either, who you claim to worship. And then He speaks very, very affirmatively and convincingly and with great, great conviction that whoever hears his words and believes on him that sent Jesus, namely God, this person who hears and believes has everlasting life, and they will not pass into condemnation. They have passed instead from death to life. Now, friends, that verse alone is something to take hold of, because we don't want death. Death is a dreary, dismal, horrible future. We want life. And friends, when you're in Christ, even at the time of physical death, you don't go into darkness. You go into ever-increasing light. And you don't go into death like the cessation of existence, or if you do exist, it's a miserable one. No, you continue to exist. You're in the light. You're with God. You're connected to the source of all life. And therefore, you are more alive at that time than you ever were in the natural. And so as we look at this particular lesson based on John 5:17 to 30, remember that Jesus is going to be in more hot water with the religious elite, not only for offending them on the Sabbath day, 
but liking himself to God by saying that God is his father. And he will speak about the relationship between the father and the son. Whatever you actually see the father doing, that's what the son does, or even the other way around. Whatever you see the son doing, it's only because he's emulating what the father is doing in heaven. They are working in tandem together. And that includes things like raising the dead and judgment and so on. It is imperative we understand that if we're going to live and live forever, we have to, first of all, repent and believe. And that the Son has life in himself. He is authorized to do all judgment. And he proclaims that the time is coming that the dead shall rise and those that have done what is right will have life and those who have not will have condemnation. Let's now read the entire portion from John chapter 5, verses 17 to 30. Our lesson is called Discourse on the Son and Resurrection. The reference, John 5, 17 to 30. This is God's Word, and may the Holy Spirit quicken it into your ears. But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus, and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. These are the words of Jesus, the words of God, and blessed is everyone who hears and does what they say. Welcome to the Gospel of John, chapter 5, that the reference is 17 to 30 as verses, and our lesson once again is called Discourse on the Son and 
the resurrection. Double portion, double jeopardy. John 5, 17 and 18. Jesus had just healed a lame man at the pool of Bethesda, and it happened to be on the Sabbath day. While, of course, many people were impressed and believed, in fact, a crowd was gathering around because of what had just happened and the excitement therein, but the religious establishment elite was incensed. How dare you heal on the Sabbath day? It's just like, of course, there's a precedent for all this, why they were so murderous in their hatred. There was a man in the book of Judges, chapter 15, verses 32 to 36, that had gathered sticks on the Sabbath day, and he was stoned. So that's why they could probably justify plotting against Jesus, because in their mind, he had broken the Sabbath. Well, did he actually break the Sabbath by speaking a word? Or did he merely break their interpretation of the Sabbath, their minute and, shall we say, highly detailed and, in some cases, absurdly ridiculous interpretations. Like, for example, pressing a light button would be violating the Sabbath. That's considered work. Or, who knows, walking a little bit too far could be considered violating the Sabbath. The list goes on. Altogether forgetting the fact that the Sabbath was made for man, and man was not made for the Sabbath. So basically, they wanted to do away with Jesus because religious tradition and vested interests were more important than a person's total welfare. Nothing has really changed, has it? So Jesus' response was to explain that both the Heavenly Father and the Son, which is Him, continue to work even on the Sabbath day. Such a statement inflamed the elite even more. Because Jesus not only broke the Sabbath in their mind, but he equated himself to God, because he called God his Father. From this point, if you have a red-letter Bible, everything you read will be in red, because it means these are the words of Jesus himself. So no doubt, Jesus was aware of their thoughts and intentions. And in John 5.19, he did this role, or shall we say, This did not dissuade Jesus from explaining what he does. In fact, he's going to now give a lesson, whether they want it or not, ready or not, understand it or not, about who he is and the role of the Heavenly Father. There will be, of course, those that will reject everything he has to say because they're blinded by hatred. And there are those that are going to hang on to every word he says because they recognize his words are words of life. So he speaks about the teamwork of the triune God, and it is absolute. The Son does only that which is done by the Father in heaven. The Father's actions are mirrored and replicated by the Son. In verse 20, the Heavenly Father loves the Son. Of course, that's what we would expect. And he shows his love for the Son by showing the Son everything that he does. Even greater works than these will be done so that the people on earth will marvel. Greater works than what? Yes, greater works than turning the water into wine, or the healing of the nobleman's son, or the healing of the lame man at the gate or sheep gate or pool of Bethesda. Excuse me. All of this will be done to show that the son really is who he says he is, to validate his full and true identity. In verse 21 of John 5, raising the dead, talks about just as the Father raises the dead and makes them alive, 
the sun is going to do exactly the same thing because he mirrors the actions of the heavenly father. So whatever the father does, the son will do the same. Then in verse 22, the father is righteous and the world must be judged. Yet the father will not do any judgment whatsoever. He will delegate all judgment to the son. So when Jesus returns, it will not be as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When Jesus comes back, he will return as a king and he will return as a judge. As I like to say, Jesus was born a king, died a king, coming back as a king. But only on his return will he judge. Just read what he does in Matthew 25. He will separate the sheep from the goats. And also in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, Jesus will return in flaming fire against those that do not know God and do not want or obey his gospel. So it talks about the honor of the son. He is the judge. Think of it if you ever go to a courtroom, something you'd like to avoid if possible. When the judge comes into the room, that man or woman with the white wig and the long black gown, what do the people in the courtroom do? They stand up. They stand up for the judge. And the judge is often called your honor. Well, if that applies to earthly temporal judges, how much more will it apply to the Son, who is given by God the Father himself all judgment? Jesus the judge is so that all men will honor him as they honor the Father. Failure to honor the Son means that that same person does not honor the Father either. One of the things that will happen when Jesus returns, he will receive the long-delayed yet well-earned honor that was denied to him in his first coming. Or as one Bible teacher put it, he will be compensated in the kingdom for his humiliation or his death on the cross that happened in history. So honor the son, honor the father. Verse 24 of John 5, it talks about believe and live. And this is a verse we need to hold on to very tightly. John 5, 24. Jesus solemnly affirms that anyone who hears his word and believes in the one who sent him has everlasting life. There will be no condemnation on such a person, which, and condemnation, of course, is the result of judgment. This person will pass from condemnation to justification. They will pass from death to life. So remember, you have to hear and you have to believe And that's what is required in order to have life everlasting. Jesus goes on to say that the dead shall live. In John 5, 25, the hour is future and yet present. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Those who hear his voice shall live. Now remember, all of us who are now believers in Christ and born again, we were once dead in sins and trespasses. So once we heard the gospel and believed, we passed from death to life. Now in verse 26, it talks about the phrase that the father and the son have life in himself. This is a theological principle called aseti, or self-existence. While humans are derived from other humans, like a father begets a son, the son of God is self-existent. This doctrine of aseti avoids two great 
errors. One was Sabellianism, which makes the father and the son one person. The other is called Arianism. They make a distinction between the father and the son, but they basically deny that the son is divine, that he had a pre-existence, that he is the first and the last. Both of these we need to avoid, because otherwise we're in danger of worshiping the wrong God. Now, the son is authorized to judge in John 5:27. The father has given authority to the son to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Jesus had to be God to save us, man to die for us, and God and man to judge us. Finally, verses 28, 29, and 30 of John 5. Do not marvel. The hour is coming when everyone in the graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God. When that happens, they will come out from their graves. Those who have, quote, done good will enter into the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil will receive the resurrection of condemnation. The righteous and evil will both have an existence beyond the grave. Jesus derives his authority because of perfect submission to God the Father. He is not doing his own will. He is doing God's will. That is why he is the just judge. This has been a very deep teaching, but it's coming from the mouth of Jesus himself. And remember, the lesson is called Discourse on the Son and Resurrection. And our lesson for life is that Jesus gives words of life, and they are best understood and received through the prison of the new birth. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.